0: God told me to tell you this. That's paganism.
1: Do you really expect and anticipate that the divine voice of God can be heard by you? That's horoscope reading. Standing in the office of the prophet of God. That's reading tea leaves. You can't have a relationship to God if you can't hear God. That is not biblical Christianity. You want to hear God speak to you? Read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. I promise
0: you, 100% guaranteed, you will hear Him. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. And
2: you thought postmodernism had only infiltrated Western religions. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday, going to take you downtown Atlanta. Ran into a fellow who is thoroughly postmodern, believing all roads lead to God. Your truth is your truth. Hey, If you'd like to join my clique, that's all it is. But we're all ultimately going to end up in one great big happy place once we die anyway. So no harm, no foul. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, that's pretty much a typical Western kid. He could be a Christian because we know that postmodernism has made its way into evangelical thinking. Totally incompatible with the Christian worldview. Nevertheless, it's made its way in. Maybe you're thinking, "Oh, well this could be somebody who's a secularist, who's postmodern and eh? prepared to meet a surprising postmodern." <sighs> Guess. Go ahead and guess what we are going to talk about. This is Tim. Tim, your world view, do I call it a
3: religion, is? Uh, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna movement, or ISKCON, officially known. International Society for Krishna Consciousness.
2: Got it. All right. Now, you're going to explain to us what your religion is all about. Let's start with what these folks are doing down here, um, bells and drum and some chanting. What's happening?
3: Yeah. We are chanting the holy names of the Lord, you know, we just come out here and we chant the names of God um, through the Hare Krishna mantra, which the full mantra is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare means the energies of God and Krishna means God and Rama is another name for God. So we're acknowledging all the energies of God and um, just trying to spread his glories. And if we are chanting, we are always thinking of him.
2: Alright, so you said that the Hari Krishna God is
3: Rama, Krishna, Krishna. Uh, but he goes by many names. So um, God, you know, has become himself many. So he goes by many names. Uh, we call him Krishna in his original form. Um, through we go by the teachings of Bhagavad Gita, and um, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna comes and he speaks Bhagavad Gita. So. Um, that's the texts we follow, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. They're ancient Indian texts, go back about 5,000 years. Now, how do you know that those t- they're old, 5,000 years, how
2: do you know that they're true?
3: Well, you, I mean, of course, nobody can say this is, you know, you're not going to be able to prove it 100%. Nobody's ever going to be able to prove our religion 100%. But through research, I I did research for many years on all religions, and that's what brought me to this book. You know, I had it in my collection for many years, and then I eventually read it, and it confirmed everything for me, personally. It had everything in there that I had already read, and it had the answers for me also. What were the questions you were asking? What is, you know, what is God? What is life all about? What is... Let's stop right there. Okay, so what is God? God is the reservoir of all pleasure. He is love. He is everything. He is all the energies in the world, but um, he resides in our heart. You know, he, you know, you would say God is every. If there, if there is a God, you would say He is everything. And
2: so, so, so without being cheeky, is Krishna the lamppost or a piece of the pavement?
3: Yeah, we would say yes. He is. It is his energies. Um, we believe Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, so he also has a personal form um, in his own abode, which, you know, some might call heaven, you know, and or this or that comparative, but, uh, you know, everything is his energy, so yes, the lamppost is his energy. It's a pantheistic religion. Uh,
2: panentheist.
3: No, I would say no. It's monotheistic. Um, we believe he is the supreme person. But obviously his energy pervades everywhere right. throughout the material world and spiritual world.
2: All right, now the other question that you were asking is what's the point? So according to Hare Krishna, what is the purpose of all of this?
3: The purpose of uh, being in this human form is to connect back with God. You know, We have the mind, we have the intelligence to reconnect. We have the ability to think and question. You know, um, so is we have to Krishna we have to... the creator? Yes, of course. Yeah.
2: So you are
3: a creation of
2: Krishna, and the goal is to get back.
3: Yeah, we need to go back to the spiritual world. You okay, know? So
2: I'm just curious. What is the point of that? So, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. So He made you, put you here to get back to Him. Why didn't He just keep you with Him?
3: Yeah. Well, it was by our own design that we actually came to the material world. You know, we desire We had some kind of desire to you know enjoy you know we thought we could enjoy without krishna for some reason so he he you know he grants us you know the ability to do what we want you know we have you know free will to some degree you know so he's, he lets us enjoy here if we want, and uh, he gives us the opportunity to, to go back, too, you know, if we want to acquire the knowledge. Yeah, and so how do I get back to him? Is it the knowledge? No, we just have to, we practice bhakti, bhakti yoga, which is, a, is a, there's many kinds of yoga, physical yoga, spiritual yoga. So we practice bhakti yoga, which is which means devotional service. So we just try to perform devotional service to God through chanting, dancing, eating food that we serve to the Lord, Um, so that's our main process, chanting His holy name, which is remembering. All right, I'm curious then.
2: I'm not a Hare Krishna. I'm a Christian. What's my fate?
3: Um, If you believe in Lord Jesus wholeheartedly, then you're going to get the most benefit out of that, because we believe Jesus is the most perfect spiritual master. But he's not Krishna. He is not Krishna. You would say, well, you know, Jesus says he is the son of God. He speaks to his father. And... So So do you think he's a son of Krishna? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he is a... You could say he is a spiritual master. So if you're following the spiritual master, you're following Krishna also.
2: Okay. So what happens to me when I die? Have I made it back to Krishna through Jesus?
3: It depends if you're thinking of him at the time of death. If you're, you know, thinking of him throughout your life and practicing devotional service and you are trying to serve him, and if you are thinking of him when the time comes, then yes, you can go back. back But if I'm not? If you're not, then you might take another body at the time of death. So it's a reincarnation religion. Reincarnation is explained in Bhagavad Gita. So Jesus said, I am... The
2: definite article, the way, the truth, the life. And the Bible also says that you can't make up a God, whether fashioning it out of a piece of material or even in your mind. So Jesus seems to be rejecting the multi-path system. Was he wrong?
3: Well, Jesus, like I said earlier, we believe Jesus is the most perfect spiritual master. and. We have a practice of taking a spiritual master, and we follow him, like, wholeheartedly, like our founder, Srila Prabhupada. Um, right. Yes. Prabhupada. He came here when he was 70 years old just to spread this knowledge on or um, directions from his spiritual master. It's like a line of uh, masters and disciples, you know? So... We treat Jesus as a perfect spiritual master, so we believe that statement that you just said, that he is the way. So if you follow the teachings of Jesus as it is without your own interpretation, it's going to be perfect. It is the perfect way. But he also said that all of the other religious systems are false.
2: It's a clear claim that one is correct, all the others are wrong. So as a Hare Krishna, how would you figure out those words of Jesus rejecting all other religious systems and claiming he's it
3: I don't know the specific verse you're talking about I would like to know it um, I would like to know it word for word before I actually give a comment on it because I'm just going to be guessing you know I would uh, like to know uh, uh, what, the, what it says exactly, and um, and then I would be able to give a comment on it.
2: I would like well, to know I'll, where... I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that one verse. I am the way, the yeah. truth, the life. Nobody comes unto the Father but through me. He also said in that same book called John, that he and the Father are one. In other words, it wasn't a claim to being a perfect spiritual teacher. It was a claim to deity. Yeah. He claimed that he was God himself, yeah. and that all of the other religious systems... Uh, are, are dead ends so how do you kind of override that clear teaching and say you can choose him or not when he said if you don't choose me then you're not going to heaven you're going to hell
3: well we like I said we believe that this, we treat the spiritual master as you know the closest representative to, to God that we can get in this in this material world So I believe his statement is true. I do believe that he He is is, God. He is not that he is necessarily the supreme personality. Even if he's not, it's irrelevant because if you follow his teachings as it is stated, then you're going to get the most benefit in your life.
2: It does not get any more postmodern than that. Who would have thought from a Hare Krishna? Does nobody ever hold to the truth these days? The world doesn't. We Christians should. Nevertheless, you are going to run into that philosophical worldview. I don't care to whom you witness. They are so infected by the disease of postmodernism. How do you get around it? And the answer, I think, is you don't. I think you need to cut through it with something supernatural and true. So that is what we will endeavor to do. We'll continue our conversation with Tim, the postmodern Hari Krishna. You know, there used to be a day when somebody didn't need that many labels to understand what their actual religious perspective was. We'll continue on A Witness Wednesday with postmodernism Hari Krishna next on Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine, trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're gonna go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable biblical health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. one bible
1: for MediShare. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Favares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season one is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of season one and two of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, Amazing Grace, Amazing Gospel. There are many struggles experienced by our brothers
2: and sisters in Ukraine, specifically those who run the Master's Academy International. The biggest challenge for men attending TMAI, especially in our context in Ukraine, is the opposition from people in the church who oppose sound doctrine, and therefore men really struggle to transform their ministries in accordance with the Word of God. The Master's Academy International in Ukraine fighting a battle on two fronts. (laughs) You've got Russia, of course, and you have opposition from the church in Ukraine for biblically trained pastors to preach the gospel. Would you please consider supporting the Master's Academy International Adopt-A-Seminary? 17 different countries might want to turn your attention to Ukraine. To learn more about this amazing legacy ministry, visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org
0: slash pastor. Books of the Bible. The Gospel of Matthew is an account of the life of Christ written by one of Jesus' disciples. Matthew's Gospel shows Jesus as the promised Messiah, God's anointed King and Savior. When you hear of the Kingdom of Heaven, remember that there is no kingdom without a King. Only those who bow before Jesus will enter His Kingdom. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Ding, 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 ding. Who's there? A postmodern Hare Krishna. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday. There I am walking the streets of Atlanta. I hear the cacophony of clattering cymbals. And you know the sound. It's the sound of Hare Krishnas. They go out onto the streets as their form of, well, I wouldn't want to call it evangelism, but it sort of is. They believe that if they can get Hare Krishna stuck into somebody's noggin, that's actually helping somebody. You just repeat that mantra and then you will be pleasing hari krishna you will be pleasing to the great big deity whoever that might happen to be and so that is why you'll see hari krishnas out in the streets they're not really intent on on converting you into hari krishnaism they'd simply like to attach their tenants to your system why because it appears postmodernism it is latched onto hari krishnaismness as much as it has any other world view, so let us continue our conversation with Tim, the postmodern Hari Krishna. Had to figure out a way. How do I? How do I? How do I deal with this mess? Because that's basically what it is. And the answer is the same. I don't care if it's a postmodern Roman Catholic, if it's a postmodern Buddhist. It makes no difference. We must ultimately get to the gospel would you agree that we are sinners most definitely yeah
3: (laughs) well we got some agreement there okay so what is sin sin i mean sin is just surrounds us in this material world just being in this material world this material world is a perverted reflection of the spiritual world you know it's like but everything here is like an illusion you know to what You know. do you sin of course so, like, without, like, opening yeah.
2: up the books, what would be a sin that you've committed?
3: I don't know, like, uh, offending people is a sin, you know, and it's like, pff, we don't lying. all agree sometimes. Yeah, lying, you know, everyone lies sometimes. And uh, What about, say, lust? Lust, yeah, that's a big one, you know?
2: Okay, so, you've done those things like I've done those yeah, things. Yeah, we've all have, yeah. So... How does Krishna settle that score because from Christianity? Jesus said, look, you deserve God's wrath, and judgment because you've sinned, but he's made the ultimate sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice is a payment for our sins. So I can be forgiven and I can be reunited with God because of what Jesus did. What is the salvation method to have your sins forgiven as a Hare Krishna?
3: Bhakti. Bhakti, which is devotional service. Just serving Him, you know. Uh, We're always going to have sin. Of course, the law of karma is explained in Bhagavad Gita too. as, As we do things, we take on negative and positive things. So, but to get rid of those effects, we perform devotional service and we serve the Lord. So, through that process and through the process of chanting, which which is bhakti, um, we we expel these aspects of karma,
2: right, good and bad. Once again, I'm not trying to be like cheeky about of course, this. we're just talking. But but let's say um, I just lusted. How much singing do I need to do to make that go away?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's not like a specific thing I could say. You know, we just, we do the best we can to just try to serve, you know. And uh, if we're just, we try to, um, the, you know, there's nine processes of bhakti, you know. And um, the first one is hearing, which includes reading, you know. So we try to learn and we try to hear from our spiritual master. And so the second one is chanting. So we try to chant. And then you have, like, remembering, you know? You try to remember God, you know? Through chanting, we, we remember, we're glorifying. It's like a connection, you know? We connect with God. So, could I rightly summarize Hare Krishna as a works righteousness system? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, in a general sense, because, yeah, we practice devotional service. And that can be, that can be on a basic level, though, just through reading. Just through reading the text is a form of bhakti, you know? But I I do something
2: to inherit reuniting with Krishna.
3: Yeah, I mean you're holding the pamphlet right there, and you're getting benefit just by seeing, you know. You've said you've said Hari Krishna many times in this interview, and I believe that you're going to get a lot of benefit from that just because we're discussing about God. You know, we're we're both going to get most benefit from that. And that's pretty mystical sounding. Well, God is mystical. Obviously, he, if He's everything, He has to be mystical. You know. Give me your best pitch, and I'll,
2: in a pithy way, I'll give you mine, and we'll call it a day, shake hands, and be friends. Go.
3: The goal of Bhagavad Gita and all religion is love of God, and that's what we need to try to achieve in this life. Um, so, love of God is is the final, is the final answer, really? Love of God.
2: Okay. Here's my shot. God is one and he has laws because he's holy, perfect, righteous, and just. And anybody who breaks his laws, he will make sure that justice is served by punishing them. We are hopeless unless we have a payment for our sin debt. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, that's the Elohim in Genesis, being God's referred to their Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ willingly sacrificed his life on behalf of sinners as the payment, the ransom for our sins so that we can inherit eternal life. So my offer to you would be, Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden trying to work your way and appease God through works and I will give you rest my yoke is easy my burden is light and you can actually inherit eternal life exclusively through Jesus Christ and his works by grace alone if you will repent and put your trust in him
3: and reject all other systems that's my pitch I'm gonna agree with that whole statement Um except for maybe the last statement, all other systems. Um, there are benefits you, you can see in other systems. Maybe you you have a preferred method. No one is, this. everybody's different. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, it's the classic argument that Jesus is the only way, um, but you're not gonna convince anyone out there if you're really dogging on them, telling them they're going to hell. So you gotta try to uplift them, which I think you're doing a good job of. Do you know the First and Second Commandments in the Ten Commandments? I couldn't name them off the head, you know, I've studied them, but... I am the Lord your God,
2: you will have no other other gods before me, right? And you shall not make a graven image of me. Now that can be done fashioning a God with your hands or with your brain. You make up a God that isn't the God of the Bible. Those first two commandments... Tim would say, all other systems aren't correct. This, that is the only system. Now that is either true or false, but it's not an optional tack on to Hare Krishna. So my encouragement to you would be, either reject Christianity totally, or repent and put your trust in Jesus and reject the other systems. Because I don't, I don't think Jesus gives us the option to just
3: pick and choose. I understand the argument. You know, it's kind of like the eternal debate between Christianity and. Every other religion. Um, it's just, you know, it's just kind of a hard debate because, you know, you have the text, you have translations, you have all this whole timeline of, you know, where are these things? But you, you've got
2: the same issue that I've got. Right? I know. Yeah. And, I've, and I've got about almost 6,000 partial, fragmented, or whole manuscripts that are dated very close to the actual events. So I would say this. The Bible, we can know, is accurate. That doesn't mean it's true, but it is accurate. So the question really then becomes... surrounds Jesus. Did he really die and resurrect from the dead, claiming to be your only way of salvation? Or was he lying? Or was he nuts? Pretty much the only option. So again, just an encouragement to you would be either receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, or reject Him, but He doesn't
3: give you permission to just add Him on as a good teacher. That's fine. I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you because I love you. But... But I believe Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, which, um, just mean it's not Krishna, it's like Krishna, he's just the name of God, so, All right. it's like, we're gonna, we're gonna have, like, we're gonna just keep going back and That's forth. That's right, yeah. Read the Gospel of John, see what you think. I've read it. Sweet. I've read it. I'll read it again. But I have read it, and I do believe in the Bible. I had a Bible study going uh, with me and my mom, actually, we were reading the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. We were reading first the Bible. And then, because uh, she's not, she's just like you, she's not into this stuff at all. But I was like, let's see it comparatively. And so we would read it. We would read the exact same things in Bhagavad Gita. And I would be able to show her that, you know, these teachings are universal teachings. Because if you tell me that um, God is only for this group of people and He doesn't care about anyone else, obviously He cares about everyone. And He's trying to spread, you know, throughout the whole world. He is God. He can do anything. So, All right. So we, we're going to part disagreeing, but I understand you better. You know I don't think we from. disagree. I think we agree. You disagree with me. Yes,
1: I
2: agree sir. with
3: you. <laughs> All right, Tim. Thank okay. you, sir. All right. Bye. Have a good day. Howdy, yeah, Krishna. You take it. Thank And you. praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. All right, mate. All right. See you. See you. Good Thanks bye. a
2: lot. A little bit awkward in the end, because I did not want to give him the impression that I agreed with his worldview in any way, shape, or form. So he he blessed me, but I couldn't return that favor. Postmodernism, it is everywhere. This is Wretched Radio.
1: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Microsoft, just the latest company to announce the added benefit of covering the cost of a medically-induced gender transition for their employees' children. Oh, and also pay for an employee to cross state lines and murder their unborn baby. Companies like Amazon, Apple, DoorDash, Citigroup, and Levi Strauss have recently made similar announcements. If only everyone could work for caring and compassionate companies like these. Now here's something you don't read every day. A church in California has confirmed the death of a three-year-old after an attempted exorcism last year. According to a report, a young girl was held down by her neck, her abdomen, and her legs to induce vomiting to cast out a demon. Though the church's pastor and the girl's uncle were part of the attempted exorcism, only the child's mother has been arrested and she sits in jail awaiting trial, where she faces up to 25 years in prison if convicted. A California pastor has issued a warning to parents about the new Marvel-Disney film Dr. Strange. We talked last week about the controversy surrounding the movie's rating being set at PG-13 rather than R, and this pastor is claiming that the movie is chock full of satanic content. Movies like this have severe anti-Christian undertones, and he says the only way to recognize them is through diligent study of God's word. Is the film demonic? I don't know, I haven't seen it, don't plan to see it, so I can't really say for sure, but I am fairly certain that Disney's going out of their way to release wholesome family content. Six Christian universities are under investigation by the U.S. Department of Education after claims of violating the rights of LGBTQ students. The schools have upheld their Christian teachings regarding sexuality, relationships, and marriage, and the students who knew they were attending Christian schools before they arrived on campus, well, they don't like those teachings on relationships, sexuality, and marriage because their beliefs don't line up with the school's beliefs and the school must be punished. It's like buying tickets to a basketball game, getting to the game, and then saying, all this dribbling, it's too loud, it needs to stop. You knew you were going to a basketball game before you went to the basketball game. I don't think common sense is all that common these days. Well, everybody's favorite TV journalist, Whoopi Goldberg, is back in the news. Last week on The View, the discussion of exactly when an unborn baby becomes a human came up and the journalistic genius of Whoopi was on full display. She said, listen, it doesn't matter what you think it is. I don't think that. (laughs) Meaning that she doesn't think an unborn baby has separate rights from the mother because they aren't even a human yet. She's telling us, I don't care what your religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter what you think. I think this particular way. Therefore, everybody should think the same way I do. I'm so glad we have Whoopi Goldberg around to tell us exactly what we need to think when we need to think it. How blessed are we? More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs>
0: Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting Scripture. One key principle of hermeneutics is the analogy of Scripture. If God is consistent and the Bible is God's Word, then the Bible is consistent. We can then use Scripture to interpret Scripture, understanding less clear verses in light of clear verses. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Freel.
2: Well, let's give this a go. Shall we? This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday. Going to try a little blaze, Pascal. No, not. You've got a God-shaped hole in your heart only Jesus can fill. So give him a go and we'll give you your money back if you don't like the results. Uh -uh. Pascal, he offered that we should ask people, if God exists, if he is this amazing, would you like to know this God and then demonstrate that he actually is that God? So present him in a way that makes him seem magnificent and then show them that he is. I'm going to give that a go at Georgia State University. As you observe the world, do you ever see evil existing?
4: I think so, yeah. Like, I think there are some people who just are inherently not good people.
2: Do bad things. Right. Yeah,
4: yeah. Just have no remorse or anything like that. No. I feel like. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sociopaths that. OK. So when you when you look at the planet, though, do you ever see good things, beautiful things?
4: For sure. Yeah. All
2: right. You personally, do you ever as you're kind of just thinking and pondering ever feel guilt? For actions that you've done or things that you wish you'd done in the past that you knew you should have done.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Slightly different emotion, shame, which is, yikes, <laughs> I sure hope nobody finds out about this. Do you yeah. ever have that sense?
4: Yeah. The,
2: the emotion of fear, not of heights or going outside, but specifically, do you ever fear death and what might happen when you die?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. You do okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right.
2: So those those things. Here here would be my question. Do you have an explanation for all of those things? Why they? Why do we see good and evil? Why do we sometimes feel guilty and shameful? And why does it seem that we all really do fear death? Does your worldview explain those things?
4: I was raised like Christian, and so under Christianity, those things have like meaning. And you know, there's an easy way to. Uh, like explain them but having a view where like you don't really think God exists there's not really like a cosmic sense of good and evil it's just kind of like inherent I guess in some people or like like a tiger just is a tiger like they killing something is not like good or evil it's just what a tiger does but humans are a little different they have like I don't know They should at least feel shame and guilt, (laughs) a moral sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. All
2: right. So I, I just kind of what I think I heard is you grew up in a Christian home, but you yourself do not believe in God.
4: More or less, I'm like on the fence still, but. All right. But. Okay.
2: So more or less, all right. So here's I want I want to keep I want to keep going, and this this might sound familiar to you if you grew up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. All right. If it's my premise, if a God exists who could explain why we see good and evil, who can lay out an explanation that is credible and works harmoniously where it's not contradictory in any way. And if God, this God, could deal with our guilt problem, remove our shame that we feel, and somehow help us overcome our fear of death, if that God exists, and he is willing to deal with our guilt and our fear and our shame and make sense of the planet because he is good and because he is kind. Would you, Hannah, want to know that God and be in a relationship with that God?
4: If there was proof that he existed or they existed, sure, yeah, why not?
2: So if that God existed, you're saying, yep, I'm in.
4: If I got proof for it, I would, yeah.
2: Okay, now, I think I know the reason why you might say no to that. But I'm going to ask you. So right now, you do not believe that that God exists, or you're on the fence about that God. Yeah. So what proof would it require for you to say, yep, I'm all in?
4: Probably seeing them. Like, seeing is believing, so... If I were to see such a being, I suppose so.
2: Alright, let me let me just see if we can define that more. In what form? How would God have to manifest Himself for you, for you to go, yep, yeah, he exists?
4: I don't know. I haven't thought that far about it. So
2: could I somehow persuade you that there is a man, probably multiple men and women, who made this microphone even if you never see them could i persuade you that they exist
4: well yeah cuz the microphone exists and i know how microphones are made and the process behind that and everything so
2: could i then conclude or sh- or try to lay forth for your consideration that god exists <laughs> his handiwork, what he he has made, that the universe exists, you exist, you're intricately designed, far more so than this microphone. We intuit there's a microphone maker because we see the microphone, that's the proof of a microphone maker. We have a universe maker, therefore equally we conclude, or where there's a universe, therefore we conclude there's a universe maker. So God shows himself to you through his handiwork. Would that be fair?
4: I guess so. But there's, like, scientific, like, you know, science has proven, you know, the leaves are green because of photosynthesis and, you know, other stuff like that. So I
2: Yeah, think. I, I think science does a fine job of trying to figure out how things work, but they can't explain why things work. Why is there photosynthesis? Why are there leaves? Why is there life? Why is there anything at all? I don't think science can answer those questions because those types of questions aren't repeatable and observable and verifiable. They're not really scientific questions. And they really come, kind of come to the end of themselves by explaining where did all of this stuff come from and how did it get so designed? So I think still that even though science tries, it still is not as strong an argument as this microphone is to demonstrate the existence of God.
4: That's fair, yeah.
2: But I suspect that didn't persuade you. No. No, it didn't. I'm
4: still not persuaded, yeah. (laughs) Right.
2: But were, were you just being polite to me about science not being able to explain it or do you still say nope science has an explanation for this
4: i don't think it has i mean science doesn't have an explanation for everything like we don't know everything and that's like fine to not know everything so
2: so is is there something else that is keeping you from believing in this god besides science
4: how i've seen other people interpret the word of god and what they do with that And from the just the origins of it as well, the creation of the Catholic Church and then like the Reformation, just because this one guy wanted to get a divorce. So he made his own church. And that's where uh, Martin Luther came from as well, is he didn't believe the same things these people believed. So they started their own belief. And so religion is just kind of cult, more or less. But yeah, so.
2: Right. Yeah, you're right. Men have made a of it whether, whether or
4: not yeah god was real and had like a whole plan and everything because jesus of nazareth was real so he it was a real person mm-hmm. and same with like the prophet muhammad was this a real person and the mormon church guy joseph whatever he was a real person mm-hmm. but like whether or not their religion is like the end-all be-all to like when i die what's gonna happen you know it I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing that I would say, I, I would agree with you that that, that humans have really made a, a hash of things in a lot of ways, but I would suggest to you that really doesn't have any sort of uh, determiner as to whether or not this God actually ex- exists. It, it would be like, let's say you had five kids mm. and they were all really naughty. I, I wouldn't judge you based on them. I don't think we should judge God based on some of the actions of some of his presumed followers. I I still think we need to test these claims on their face as opposed to what human beings have done with them. So you're right. I think humans have, have done a pretty miserable job with religion. But that still begs the question, is this God real? Does he exist? Is it true? So if if we still are asking that same question, what might it be, Hannah, that would keep you from going, you know, I really like the idea of that. If that God exists, that is like, that's a good God. He forgives sins, he, he helps me with my shame, he makes sense of the world, he offers me everlasting life. That's a good, that's like a really good offer. It would be like me coming up to you and this would be trite and saying, Hannah, I've got a, a million dollars for you and you arguing and going well you know people have done bad things with money well yes they've done bad things with money but i've got a million dollars for you but you kept arguing with me the problem with money or where it was printed or that it got had too many trees cut down to make it and what have you but i've got a million dollars for you hannah i'm saying this god exists and he is good and he wants to forgive you and to adopt you and to help you deal with guilt and shame and fear what would keep you from believing that that's that's still my 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 question
4: i just just don't have any like undeniable proof like the bible was written by man Mm -hmm. and like religion was created by man like i just i just don't believe it i just think the interpretations that people have done with it Everyone has their own. They pick and choose what they want from the Bible and everything like that.
2: Oh, those old ruses again. Prepare to respond to them because you will inevitably get them. We will do that next from Georgia State University. Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Here's a pre-born story that starts out a little on the bitter side, but ends up being very sweet. A neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant, and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. When she met her baby on the ultrasound, she just wept uncontrollably. Couldn't do it. That baby's alive today, because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl. And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, saw abortion as the easy answer. That is the power of an ultrasound winning woman in crisis sees her baby 80% of the time she chooses life for just $28 you could provide one of those ultrasounds but I would ask you how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide the more ultrasounds the more saved babies please consider what you can do at preborn.org slash wretched slash wretched
1: What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you. Wretched
2: Radio, is just really brought me closer God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives.
1: Our goals have always been to preach the gospel, to equip people to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged.
3: My life. Will- Never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved
1: me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's wretched.org slash donate.
2: The situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There
4: just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support.
2: Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched.
0: Attributes of God. God is just. Since He is the standard of right and wrong, every judgment He makes is right and just. He rewards good and punishes evil. The good news for sinners is that the just God offers to justify you through the atoning work of Christ, so that your sins are punished on the cross and Jesus' righteous deeds are accounted to you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh,
2: the same old laundry list. This is is Wretched Radio on a witness Wednesday at Georgia State University witnessing to a young lady trying to persuade her? If you can imagine a God this amazing, would you want to know him? The answer should inevitably be, yes, if a God can forgive sins, remove my shame, give me purpose in life, give me everlasting life. Yeah, I'd like to know that God and then prove that he is. I endeavored to do that with this young lady. And then what was I hit by? It wasn't snarky, but it was the same old laundry list. Hey, the the Christians, they've done a lot of bad things. Uh, the Bible, the interpretation, translation, it's like the telephone game. People pick and choose on and on and on they go to try to do what is it really to undermine the veracity of the bible well yeah but it has a i think a grander end game if we can show that the bible has problems if that there are historical deficiencies in Christianity that allows me to say god doesn't exist and i don't need to deal with him that is what is going on underneath people's objections to god and so it is this young lady offered her objections and I offered this response. All right, let me tell me what you think of this premise. You might reject this, all right? But I'm going to I'll I'll state it and then you agree or disagree. That the things that you've mentioned to me aren't g- as genuine reasons for rejecting the validity of those claims as much as they are excuses because I think Most of us don't like the idea of that God existing because we recognize if he does exist and if he's good and if he's holy and if he's God and my maker, I'm going to have to follow his rules the way that he wants me to live. And I'd prefer to live the way that I want to live. So we tend to come up with some excuses to reject it. But the real issue has more to do with our will and our lack of desire to surrender our will to the will of God. Do you think that that maybe is what is the underlying reason for your excuses for rejecting that God?
4: I feel like it is for a lot of people. I'm not entirely, like I said, I'm on the fence about the whole thing. I grew up in the church and everything like that. So I don't know. I know it's an excuse for a lot of people that they'd rather like be hedonistic about things. And then instead of, you know, living, as God would intend if God did exist. Right. But yeah, so. I'm, but
2: you don't think that's true for you?
4: I don't think so, no. I, I feel like I'm an inherently good person. Like I try to do good things. I, you know, morally, I feel like I'm pretty sound, so.
2: Would you be kind enough to let me test that claim? Sure. <laughs> Hannah, have you ever told a lie?
4: I mean, yeah, everyone has. Oh,
2: I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. All right. How many do you think you've told?
4: At least three.
2: At least three. (laughs) Okay. At least three. All right. So if I told at least three lies, what name, what word would you use to describe me? You would call me a?
4: I mean, a liar, I guess, if you're only basing your personality on the lies you've told.
2: Well, it would would be sort of like a criminal, like a thief. He robs one bank. I know he's done a lot of things, but. He's a thief. He might be a father, he might be an employee, but he's a thief. All right. Have you ever stolen anything?
4: Uh, from like a store or a person or just in
2: person, coins from your parents, from your mom's purse, a pen that didn't belong to you, downloading music, whatever.
4: I get Downloading music, piracy. Okay, okay.
2: I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it is right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, we've all taken something that didn't belong to. It. Yeah. If, if you cheated on somebody's paper, yeah, you took their work and used it as your own. So that's that's in a sense stealing too. All right. What about moral purity? Like always having pure thoughts. Most, I think, almost everybody would say, I'm not always pure in my mind.
4: I mean, yeah, everyone's human. Right.
2: So. What about? taking the Lord's name in vain, blasphemy, using God's name as a curse word, OMG, that type of thing. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Ever dishonor your parents? Yeah. Ever desired something that didn't belong to you? Yes. Okay, I'm kind of rattling off the Ten Commandments, right?
4: I, I really know right? what right? going, yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> so, you said you're a morally good person, but mm-hmm. you just admitted... You've broken really all of God's laws. Wouldn't you actually be a guilty criminal in the eyes of God?
4: In the eyes of God, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But as just a ravage everyday person. I, I, I,
2: I agree, but it, then that, that just puts us in the same boat with a lot of other criminals, that's all. I'm with you. Look, I'm older than you, and I'm a bigger sinner than you, so I've got no problem going, yep, I'm not a good person. I don't think I'm a good person. I think I'm a bad person who does bad things, and it sounds like you do the same bad things that I do. And the one who really matters in our judgment is not ourselves, because we all tend to think we're pretty good people, but what really matters is what the judge thinks criminal goes into the courtroom, he can think that he's really good, but it's just irrelevant. It's really the determination of the judge. So if God judges you based on his laws, let's say the Ten Commandments, let's just say, let's create a little courtroom. You get brought in. God is the judge. He opens up the books. He knows not just what you've done, but thought life, everything. Would he find you innocent or guilty, Hannah?
4: He'd probably find me guilty but I also feel like laws can kind of be like arbitrary and like situational. And I just, the the whole idea of God as like a judge with like a, a gavel or whatever they're called. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous to me. How come? I don't know, I just, just don't think.
2: But do you ever watch the, like the evening news and you see these, these thugs, they hurt people and they rape people and they murder people. <laughs> And they get off. Doesn't that kind of cause you to go, man, where's justice? I want justice. I don't want people to do those wicked things and get away with it. Don't we have a sense of justice that that guilty criminals should be punished for their crimes? Wouldn't God... Exact the same sort of punishment from guilty criminals? I mean, he is a judge. He is just. He he does deal with criminals. We like it on earth when a criminal gets what he deserves. Shouldn't God give us what we deserve?
4: I don't feel like some crimes are the same. I mean, like, was it, uh, like, raping someone isn't, like, the same as, like, stealing chapstick from my mom. I agree. So...
2: I I do agree with that. I I think that there are different types. For instance... you know, murdering somebody versus you know I really don't like that guy's shirt I hate yeah. that guy you know there's clearly a, a difference in the level of crime but that doesn't mean that they still aren't crimes mm-hmm. so for instance Jesus said you've heard it said of old thou shalt not commit adultery I say look with lust you've committed adultery in your heart God's standard appears to be much higher than ours so while it is far more grievous to actually commit the act God's Sees the thought life and the intentions of our hearts. It's it's that he's, we see really bad things like rape. You and I would be repulsed by rape, correct? Yeah. Okay. We see. Okay, that's because our standard is about here. Mm-hmm. Well, God's standard is way up here, so He's repulsed by rape. But He hates lying, and He hates cheating, and He hates deceit, and He hates stealing, and He and He hates blasphemy. He hates coveting because His standard is so high. Because He's just not like us; He's higher than us. If that's the God of the Bible and the God who exists, Hannah, the books are open on you. He knows it all. He'd find you guilty. Of breaking his laws, and no matter how much we protest, doesn't matter. It's the judge who determines. Here's the laws. Here's my standard. Here's the punishment. You and I would be in hot water. We we we'd be in hell is where we would be, right?
4: Everyone would like by his standards. Uh, no, I Those standards.
2: totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree, and that's. I think that's the universal problem. And the universal solution is he sent his son to die for us so that we could be forgiven. God the Son took the wrath of God the Father on your behalf so that you could be forgiven if you'd put your trust in him. And that way your court case can be dismissed because somebody stepped into the courtroom of judgment and paid your fine. So Jesus has paid your fine for you. So that suddenly makes what seems like a scary religion a good religion. That was it. That was how I chose to respond to the same old same old. Now there's nothing wrong with engaging in apologetics, a defense for all of those accusations, but don't do it at the expense of presenting the gospel. Try to leave Jesus ringing in their ears. Now that was what I endeavored to do. Did Hannah fall to her knees in repentance and faith? No, but you or I cannot get that job done. Only God can. And so you and I must find a way to respond to pretty much the same old, same old accusations and make sure we open up the law to bring about the knowledge of sin. Then we preach the cross, repentance and faith, and let God do his work that only he can do. Take yourself off the hook of not having a high success rate when it comes to evangelism. And because the only one that ever has success with conversion is God. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.